Welcome to Ginspired, brought to you by theginshop.ca. This podcast will take you on a journey into the world of gin, where you'll experience this versatile spirit in ways you never thought possible. Now the host of Ginspired, Heather E. Wilson. Hello and welcome to Ginspired, where we talk about and celebrate everything about the wonderful juniper lace spirit called Gin. I'm your host, Heather E. Wilson, and on today's episode, I welcome Charlie Bredo, president of Troubled Monk, a craft beverages business located in Red Deer, Alberta. Today, we chat about how he came to own a brewery and a distillery, what it takes to run the business, all about their awesome products, and of course, a fun incident or two. Welcome, Charlie. Hey, Heather. Thanks for having me. Very welcome. Thanks for being here. But first, as with all episodes, let's start by sharing what we're drinking today. And Charlie, you get to go first. What are you drinking? I am drinking our Epitaph Blue Gin Straight. I'm a big fan of straight alcohol. You get to taste the real root of the flavor, and that's what I'm drinking right now. Wow, no ice, nothing, just neat. Just neat, straight off. That's how I like it. And then if the day gets a little rough, I could just tip it all back at once, you know? Right. You're hardcore. I like it. (laughs) And the gin is so flavorful, I can totally see why you're doing that. Well, I am not drinking it straight. (laughs) I don't generally, but yeah, so I'm having the Epitaph 75, which is a recipe on your website, which is super cool. So it's your Epitaph gin, some fresh lemon juice, a little bit of simple syrup, not too much because I don't like it too sweet, a little splash of Prosecco and garnished with a lemon twist. And it is super light and refreshing, perfect for a hot summer day on the patio. And I love the light lavender color. It's pretty too. Yeah, it's awesome. It's amazing how much visualness kind of impacts how you taste. It's pretty cool. It is very much so. And I hate to say it looks kind of girly, but it definitely is very pretty to me. So that is very attractive as well. I think it's pretty as well. So it's all good. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about you first. Did you always love gin? Did you grow up with it? Like, where did gin come into your life? Well, I am an accountant by trade. So by definition, I think accountants have to drink a lot just to get through their job. (laughs) It's amazing how many accountants have distilleries. (laughs) Yeah, I could argue that that's what drove me to gin. I like alcohol. And I mean, I've always enjoyed different flavors, the combinations, drinking things straight. And I think it's always really cool when you get to taste the spirit and how it's made and the components that make it up. So one of the things that really drew me to gin is I like to describe it as like you have this blank canvas that you get to put colors on it. You get to really taste the colors and see what they taste like and how they work together and how they balance each other out. And I think gin's just that perfect spirit for that because you start with you know a base alcohol mm-hmm. or a neutral alcohol and it's relatively easy to try different things together i mean whiskey takes years to see what it's going to taste like whereas right. gin you can turn it around quite quickly so that's one of the things that i love about gin awesome okay so then let's talk about how troubled monk came to be and that's a really interesting name so i need to know the story behind the name too yeah so we got to go back seven years so next week's our birthday. So that's pretty cool. Our anniversary. World we've been out for seven years. Yeah. World yeah. And your anniversary. Awesome. There you go. Plaid perfectly. So we started seven years ago in Red Deer that AGLC, which is the Alberta Gaming and Liquor Commission, had recently changed the laws. So it was a lot easier to start a brewery. So my brother and I were fishing one day and he said, Hey, we should start a brewery. And next thing you know, we were actually licensed as a brewery in our garage in Red Deer County. 
which before we started selling anything to the public, we thought, holy cow, this is pretty crazy. Maybe we should actually build this proper facility before <laughs> we get too carried away. Yeah. It's kind of funny how things have progressed. But the name Troubled Monk came from monks have this history of brewing beer. I mean, monasteries still sustain themselves today off of making beer and selling it. So we wanted to bring that monistic monk theme into the name. And our monk's troubled because he's troubled with perfection. He's uh-huh. constantly dedicated to his craft, wants to make it better, wants to work hard. But then he likes to have a little bit of fun at the end of the day and tip a few back and have some fun. So that's the name, Troubled Monk. And it's interesting because, you know, many people would know that the processes are very similar, making beer and making spirits. And our vision for our company is inspiring others through our craft. So we get really excited by doing things that get our customers excited about stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we feel that we don't have to just stop with beer. I mean, there's other products out there that get people excited. So we started making craft sodas. We started making RTDs like hard iced tea, vodka soda, gin soda. Then we got a still in 2017. So just a couple of years after it opened up, we thought, hey, this is pretty cool how the processes are so similar. And we're interested in this. So let's see what happens when we buy a still and start messing around. And the rest is history. The rest is kind of history. I mean... It's never as easy, right? Because you think, oh, we're just going to buy a still. We'll make some vodka and gin. And then you realize <laughs> it's like, there's this whole crazy learning curve. I mean, yeah, it's similar, but it's also totally different. It's like, yeah, I know how to cook Chinese food. It doesn't mean you're going to be an expert in making Italian food the next day, right? Like they're different, but it's the same idea in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, so Absolutely. Okay, cool. So let's talk about first your gin, the Epitaph gin and any other gin products that you might have. You're the owner of the business, so you're not the master distiller coming up with the recipes, or how does that work? Like, are you helping with that, or? Yes, I'm, I guess, the president. I started the company seven years ago with my family. It's a family-run business. Okay. And our first person that we hired, Garrett Haynes, one of the first graduating class from Olds College, the brewmaster program in Alberta. And so he's our head brewer distiller. Crazy talented guy. I could not have done this without him. He's the one that makes the recipes and puts it all together. I'm not good at that stuff or not as good as him. And so I let him run with that and excel and I try to support him however I can, but he gets the credit for making the recipes and making our stuff taste good. Awesome. Okay. So for running the business then, I mean, you obviously have a lot to do. I know you're very busy. So what kind of things do you do on like your average day? What's the average day for the president of a brewery and distillery? (laughs) Well, it's funny because like when we just started, right? Like there was just Garrett and then me and then my family. And so we would all do everything. I mean, I would can, I would try to help Garrett in the back, but I usually just got in the way. I would work in the tap room. I was doing sales calls. I was doing all the ordering and marketing and everything, right? But then you slowly build up and add more people. One of the most rewarding things I find in building a business is as you grow, you get to hire people to do things that are better than I could do at that job. So now I have a sales guy that's way better than me and a production person that's way better than me at production. And I've always had Garrett who's better than me at making recipes. That's really rewarding to see the team build and get better because I'm not in charge of it. <laughs> and the bottleneck. Um, You're not the bottleneck either. Exactly. The bottleneck. And so my job has changed drastically every six months as we've grown. And so it just depends on kind of like you just said, bottleneck. How do we remove that next bottleneck? And so I'll put some of my energy and efforts there. That's kind of how I get to spend my time, which is fun, but it can also be frustrating because you get to change what you do all the time. But the big problems always filter their way up to me and then I have to somehow decide what 
<laughs> that's what the gym's for. That's why I drink it straight. <laughs> right, right. Okay, let's go back to the Epitaph gin and the botanicals that are in it. It's a very interesting mix. Do you have any idea how we came up with that? Or were you just as surprised that it appeared? Or were you involved with that? Yeah, like I was involved from the sense that we wanted a classic tasting kind of gin, more the typical the juniper, coriander, citrus. We got fresh lemon zest in there. And we wanted it to just be really crisp, flavorful, intense flavors in the sense that we wanted people to know that it was a craft gin. Uh And so I was definitely involved in kind of that part of the tasting and commentary. So we had a few different iterations of going back and forth and tweaking things and fiddling with it. And then, of course, we add the big wrench in there by the butterfly pea flower, which doesn't affect the flavor, but it totally changes the color. And I loved it because it makes it into an experience, not just a beverage. And I think that's what people really want when they drink. They want an experience. Yes. And for those who are listening, it is the most amazing blue color. Indigo blue, kind of? Yeah, I think you got like a dark indigo blue. And then when the pH changes, the color changes. Yes. So you add acidity and then bam, it goes kind of like that purplish pink. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, it's fun. Then you can play with different mixes and different ways of, you know, different cocktails and stuff like that. So yeah, it's cool. And again, it's about giving people an experience. So much fun to show people the gin in the tap room and then show them how it changes color. And they say, oh, wow, it hits a different level of their senses. And it's really fun to do. Absolutely. So it's won some awards, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. We won a gold medal at the San Francisco World Spirits Competition in 2019. So that was pretty cool. It was new too. You hadn't had it for that long. No, it was pretty brand new then. So it was pretty exciting to win that award. And it's really important to us that we make stuff that we like and it's good. I always like to joke and say everyone's own baby is the cutest, right? (laughs) But in reality, your own baby isn't necessarily the cutest. So with our products, we always think that our products are pretty darn good. But it means a ton when somebody else is saying they're good. Because then that kind of adds a lot of credibility and validity to the statement. So it meant a ton to get that award. Awesome. Looking for a little ginspiration in the kitchen? In Ginspired, the ultimate gin cookbook... You'll discover over 100 gin-tastic food and drink recipes celebrating one of the world's most popular spirits, gin. From everyday meals to special occasion treats to happy hour libations, there's never been a better time to eat and drink with gin. Pick up your copy at theginshop.ca or on Amazon. So you mentioned that you had some other products. So let's talk about the other things that you guys sell, obviously beer and some ready to drink canned stuff. What else do you have there? What's your product line? So the way we've got it is like Trouble Monk is kind of like the parent company and that's what sells our beer, our sodas. But then we branched off into these other products. So our gin is under Epitaph Gin. So that's a different brand. It's a different website. Okay. Our vodka is adequate vodka. The slogan is it's not just good, it's good enough. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I love that. Because <laughs> it's funny, right? They're all vodka, it's just whatever, it's vodka. Anyways, <laughs> then the whiskey is Great Hen. So we launched our first whiskey a few months ago. And so it's pretty exciting to have that program starting and growing. But we gave everything different brands so that, you know, you're talking to a different type of consumer every time mm-hmm. for every product. So under the Travel Monk, we have beers, which we have, you know, the seasonal beers. We have an IPA, we got a lager few different things under that we have our hard iced tea called troubled tea mm. which is it's a really popular product it's really easy to drink it's made with real tea not a lot of sugar 
actually made with Alberta beet sugar. So that's pretty cool. And so it's like a local product that tastes pretty delicious. And then under our epitaph, we have a couple other seasonal gins. We've got a barrel-aged gin, which is very similar in recipe to the blue gin, but there's no pea flour in it. And then we just let it sit in the barrel for a little while and see how Mm -hmm. flavors come out that way. Then we have another gin called Berry Blossom Gin, which is a clear gin. And we usually launch that as a seasonal too, once a year, right around Mother's Day. And it's got blackcurrant, angelica, chamomile, and elderflower. So it's a totally different flavor Mm -hmm. profile, very tasty. And then we also do a gin soda under Epitaph Gin as well. So lots of different products, that's for sure. It's definitely a diverse lineup for sure. Well, and it's funny because the industry has changed so much, right? Like, especially with COVID and suddenly a lot of the smaller producers rushed into packaging. Mm -hmm. And so the market has a lot more packaged product on it now. And so I think it's important and it's been helpful to have a diversity of products because locally you can appeal to more people. Right. Of course. Yeah. So what would you say is your biggest challenge as the president of the company? I think to a certain degree, it's also changed as we've grown. I think right now, my biggest challenge is constantly just making sure that my people have what they need to do their job really well. Mm. Because I really believe that I have the right team. And if they know what they're doing, I just need to get out of their way. (laughs) But that's easier said than done, right? Because, well, A, when you start the business and it's like your baby, you feel very passionate about each step. And so sometimes it's hard to not put your hands into the wrong things. But B, it's also surprisingly hard to give people that clarity and direction, right? It's one thing to say, come in and do your job, but it's another thing to be extremely clear with what that job's supposed to be. So I think like most small businesses would say, I mean, their biggest challenge is HR. And I don't know if necessarily with us finding good people, because we've been really fortunate that way. We typically have been able to find really good people. I think it's just making sure those good people know exactly what their jobs are and what's expected of them. And then it's just me getting the heck out of the way. i'm my worst enemy you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah i've heard that before from owners (laughs) well it's interesting because it's like your job changes right when you start the company it's very much you and maybe one or two other people it's really an extension of your own personality that's driving the success but then at some point when you get more people involved you have to figure out a way to harness everybody's energy and creativity to have them drive the business forward which means it's not your vision necessarily anymore but it's the only way to, to grow long-term. Right. Well, then it's a more combined vision, I guess. Which is way more powerful than any one person's individual vision. And I think it's more sustainable. It's just making that switch. is not always smooth, but we're getting closer. It's taken a few tries, but we are getting closer. And it's really rewarding too, because you get to see areas of the business get better. It hasn't come from you or from your one or two key people. They've come from a broader team. Right. And it's pretty neat to see. Awesome. Okay, so what's next then for you and the business? Anything exciting coming up? Yeah, we always always have lots of exciting things. I mean, within each individual kind of sector, we have, you know, new seasonal beers and that. And we're really excited about the whiskey program, just Canadian whiskey. So we're going to have some new whiskeys being released here over the next six or eight months. And then we're just going to continue to push the gins. I mean, I'm really proud of our Epitaph Gin. I think it tastes just excellent and I think the branding's solid and I think it just gives people a chance to experience gin differently, especially with the color change. So just getting out there and telling people about it is something that's going to be pretty cool over the next year. Awesome. Okay. 
Now you know it's the time in every episode where I ask you to share a fun incident story. Do you have a story that you could share with us? You know, it's funny. Like, there's so many different things I could probably talk about, but the one story that comes to mind is that I mentioned before that it's so rewarding. I used to be in the tap room a lot more when we were smaller, and, and you'd get lots of different people coming in there, and you'd get to show them the drinks and the beer and the gin. And there's this one couple, this older couple. They were in their 80s. They used to go for tea every Wednesday in the afternoon. But somehow they stumbled upon us, and they started coming in for a beer every Wednesday and <laughs> seeing them come in every week. And so one day when we had the gin, I said, hey, have you guys ever seen this gin before? Because, you know, they hadn't drank a ton of this craft beverages, so they had no idea. And showing them this gin, and I did the color change for them, and their eyes just kind of like, you could just see this shock, and wow, they've never seen anything like that before. And it was just such a cool experience to show an older couple who's clearly very open to change still, experience something new for the first time, which is pretty unique when you get older. It's hard to experience things for the first time, but that was a pretty cool experience. And I often think back to how that's kind of why this is fun, is you get to show people stuff that they get a kick out of, and that's pretty rewarding. Absolutely. And they probably started having gin for tea. And that's exactly it. They started having gin every day they came in for tea. So happy ending to the story. Absolutely. Well, that's awesome. And, you know, if more people would be just open to trying, you know, we would convert a lot of people, I'm sure. Well, and that's so true. And I noticed that with beer. So when you look at craft gin, it's just a matter of getting people to taste it. Yep. Right? Because you're only going to have so many drinks. They don't necessarily want to risk having one of their drinks on something they've ever tried. Mm-hmm. But once they try it, they realize it's like, holy crap, this stuff's actually delicious. Yep. And it's probably even better than what I've been drinking for my whole life. But we got to get them to take the first sip and then we convert them. And that's where it starts. Exactly. So it's coming. It's, it's coming. coming. It takes time. Absolutely. So that's just about our time. Is there anything else you'd like to share about anything? No, I don't think so. I mean, we covered quite a bit. It's been a lot of fun, and I think we covered a lot of ground. And yeah, just get out there and drink some gin. Awesome. Okay. And there you have it. Everything you want to know about Charlie and the Troubled Monk, all their products, owning a brewery and distillery, tasting new gins, and don't be afraid to try something new, and so much more. Thank you so much, Charlie, for being here today. Yeah, thanks a lot, Heather. This was fun. And thank you for listening. Be sure to leave us a review and check out the show notes for links to Troubled Monk and Epitaph Gin and theginshop.ca for all your gin clothing and novelty needs. Until next time, remember, don't visit if you didn't bring gin. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ginspired, brought to you by theginshop.ca. If we've ginspired you, let us know by leaving us a comment and a review. Or drop us a note at heather at theginshop.ca. We may even read your email or feature your ginspirational story in an upcoming episode. And remember to follow us on social media. Until next time, let the party be ginned.